We should be recording on both. Make sure everything is good to go. Can they hear you? I believe they can. Okay, cool. So, by the way, we had a lot of people tell us we had good podcast voices. That was nice. I uh, I, I especially appreciate that from my brother, Derek, who, um, I mean, he's a big podcast listener. So that's like a valid source. Yeah, thing. yeah. And so that was, I mean, that meant a lot just to hear that we have good podcast voices. Because if you're listening to a podcast and the voice is annoying or just like, it, sometimes it, like I don't know if soothing is the word. Not to say that my voice or your voice is soothing per mm-hmm. se, but like... We're definitely not like ASMR level. Yeah, we're not, and we're not going for that either. No, but it's nice to know that we're listenable. That's true, <laughs> and I think the only, I think the main thing that does it, and I told you this, I think it's because we both do customer service. I would agree with that. I and think so. We both just have like, yeah. I don't think we don't have our customer service voices, <laughs> but I think we just have the voice for it. I definitely have a customer service voice though. Oh, if you want, I got it. For sure. It's it's bad. Yeah. Thank you for calling iFit. This is Nate. How can I help you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So personal revelation. Jump right in. This is such a great topic. There's so much to it. Oh, yeah. Whatever whatever we say today won't be enough. Okay. So, I mean, where do we start? I mean, last, I wanna, last I, time we I, talked I have about communication. I have an idea. Okay. I have an idea. So, um, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, obviously we follow a modern day prophet. And this quote has been said so often, so, so often. And um, so I'm not, I'm not sharing this as a, wow, look at what I just recently found. I think, I think this should hopefully kind of set the tone for, I guess, the, the depth of what we can dive into. But this is, like I said, it's one, it's one that we hear often. And we often hear the end of this. It says, whatever it takes or excuse me, my plea for you to do whatever it takes to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation. But at the beginning, this is what really stuck out to me. It has never been more imperative to know how the spirit speaks to you than right now. And then he continues on with um, pleading with us to do whatever it takes to increase our capacity to receive personal revelation. That's from the number one man right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Right. And so it's never been more imperative. So this isn't just something like, oh, like I'd, I'd like to learn a little bit about personal relations. This is for everyone. Mm-hmm. This is something me, you, family members, whatever, not, not just those who might listen to this, but everyone who is a follower of Christ needs to be, needs to be receiving revelation. Mm. And that quote is, I, the, the first thing I always think about in that quote was, for me, the moment I realized how important it was. I, I won't get into, into specifics just so I don't like narrow down exactly mm. where it was and who it was. Um, but on my mission, I was in a zone and in one of the wards within that zone, there were in, and this was, this was COVID year. This is 2020. There were 10 divorces in that year alone in that ward. Oh yeah. The, the, the single ward unit, just the ward. And those, those are just the ones that um, someone in the war told us about that that they knew about, so yeah. divorces that were going through, right. and I and this wasn't an area where like, I mean, every area on the mission is going to have some sort of financial trouble. I right. think in whatever ward you're in, right? Mm-hmm. I think every ward, even if it's super ritzy, yeah, is going to have some sort of you know family that is struggling um, financially. But this wasn't a ward where that was like 
a huge or probably common issue throughout <laughs> the whole thing. Um, I was talking about it with this member who was one of the um, members who was going through this. Um, we were talking over dinner and the conclusion that we came to was it really was just one of the partners maybe falling away from the church or losing their testimony, right? And so I think what the adversary is attacking in this specific example is he's he's going straight to one's relationship or, or yeah, I guess relationship or closeness with the spirit and the Godhead. Uh-huh. Right. I, I I think that's what he's what he's attacking um, more specifically now based off of what President Nelson is saying. In that yeah. quote. And I think you bring up a good point with with personal revelation being such a crucial aspect to every part of our lives. Mm-hmm. It's not just receiving personal revelation about a gospel topic. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not just a a Joseph Smith seeing. God the Father and the Son Jesus Christ mm-hmm. type of personal revelation. This is receiving personal revelation for something you can do to improve your relationship mm-hmm. with your wife, with your sibling, with your with your mom, dad, etc. And I think I think that's where at least I got caught up when I was younger with like, oh, I'm not receiving personal revelation because I wasn't receiving anything glorious. I wasn't yeah. receiving some sort of magnificent vision, right? Mm-hmm. And and it really I, I think 99% of the time, personal revelation is not that. It's those small promptings like we talked about in our first podcast. Mm. Um, that was really one thing that clicked for me was pointing out how each individual impression, thought, that can be taken as personal revelation. And when it's treated that way, the Lord will magnify that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's there's an article um, from February 2020 from the, the Enzyme by President Iring. It's called The First Vision, A Pattern for Personal Re- Revelation. And... I think those small moments, like you talked about, those small impressions or just random thoughts I'll write down in my notebook, I think those are super important because in that article, um, well, I'll open up with a quote really quick from Believing Christ. Um, Basically says, Peter exhorts uh, believers to grow in grace. John explains that believers receive grace for grace or in other words, they receive increased favor from God as they react positively to grace already received. And that's one of the things talked about in this article by President Eyring is the Lord will give us light almost as a test, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how are we going to react to that? What yeah. are we going to do about it? And if we react in a way according to God's will and, and, and we show faith in that way, then we will can, he'll continue to give us more um information or promptings or revela- revelation. Yeah. And I think, I think so often we, we maybe doubt those small ones. Um, and I, I, I was just thought of an experience I had in my first era of my mission. And this was something that I was really, really thinking about receiving revelation, right? <clears throat> Being guided. And I remember sitting down to eat, um, lunch and I got this impression to wash my hands. And it, it just popped into my head. It wasn't like this godly impression. I just had this thought, wash your hands. And I was like, what? And I, I didn't, I kind of dismissed it at first. Like, like my, my hands feel clammy. Or was, yeah. was it just like, nah, it, it, it was, it hands. was literally just like, like wash your hands before you eat. Right. Yeah. Like a classic thing we've been taught by uh-huh. the general public. And I was about to eat. And then it was like, <clears throat> excuse me, I was about to eat. And then I, I kind of got that thought because we had been with um, a member who talked about personal revelation. And, and so it was on my mind. And 
I was like, it was like, are you really going to follow every prompting? Are you? Yep. Even, even this, this seemingly prompting that you might not think is from me. And you know what? Like I could have been wrong. It, it maybe maybe it was just my own thoughts, but I don't think so. I think it could have been heavenly father doing just what you said. Are you going to follow the small one so I can give you more? I tell you to wash your hands now. Then later I can lead you to a house. Mm-hmm. And whether it was God or not, you know, I think he's, he realizes the faith that was exercised there yeah. in that specific situation. And it's just like the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. They give you, and a lot of jobs will give you super small tasks at first. I remember in, in Del Rio, there was the Air Force base. Yeah. And for some of the opening jobs, like when you get there, that your first couple of weeks, they like one of the jobs is they assign a guy to keep the vending machine stocked. Yeah. Right. Like perfectly stocked, which is replacing the Cheetos tw- like <laughs> twice a day or something. Um, but the whole concept there is if you can't keep a vending machine stock, why are they going to trust you with a multi-million dollar airplane? Yeah. And let's, and let's go back to, to the experience of Joseph Smith. We often think personal revelation, first vision, Joseph Smith, right? Mm-hmm. It, it didn't start with that. Mm-mm. It was small personal revelations, feelings, impressions, right? And I'm sure, I mean, you've, you've got a couple things highlighted in this article in front of us, but I mean, it, it started small. Yeah, he did not just all of a sudden receive a revelation, receive this this vision, mm-hmm. and it, and it talks about kind of a pattern of preparation, right? So, it it wasn't it, like Nate said; it's not just like, oh, here's God in Jesus Christ. He studied the words that God had already given him. This is straight from the article. Then he pondered the words which he'd read and felt. Then he returned to the scriptures often and carefully, and then out of faith he gained by studying and pondering. He resolved to pray. Then the first vision, when the revelation came, he received truth and light lived the truth he had been given and sought more truth. He returned to the scriptures to seek further revelation. He wrote the, he wrote that stuff down and then continued to pray. And so it's, it's, it's not this one time thing that happens. It's like the spiral staircase, right? You you start down here, but then you keep going and growing. Mm -hmm. And one thing that, that I really picked out for that is, is he was acting the whole time. Mm -hmm. He was not just being sedentary in one spot. He was acting. You know, sure, sure, meditation. Like, I, I think that's still doing something, and I'm not, like, saying he wasn't meditating per se. But what I'm saying is he was actively searching for God. He was actively searching for things. And that led to that revelation. I think that showed that God could trust him to give him something, mm-hmm. whether it be small or large. And, yes, sometimes we do get um, magnificent, you could say, revelations, big revelations. I think I think that's something that the Lord is willing to give us. But nine times out of ten, I, at least for me, they're small. No, exactly. What would you say to, like, maybe a high schooler, right? Right. Who is maybe, you know, they're finally branching off and discovering their own testimony. Uh-huh. Or what would you say to high schooler you where it's like, dang, I don't feel like I've received personal revelation. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how I would start to recognize that or even seek that out? Like, what would you say to that person? The first thing I think that popped into my head, I, the first thing that popped into my head was an experience I had at, um, a high adventure camp. Um, we had a little testimony meeting and, and all the boys just kind of went around and shared some things. It, none of them were very long. Like it's just, is you know, solid and the spirit was very strong. And I remember writing in a notebook about how I, I really knew the church was true because of what I felt. Um, and as a kid, I think I believed that personal revelation was receiving something different, something that maybe I didn't know before. 
Whereas in that case, I 100% believe that that was personal revelation. I was receiving revelation yet again for myself that the church was true, that what I was in was a good thing. And personal revelation can simply be confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I could go on and on about that, but I, I would point to those experiences where I felt the spirit and felt something strongly say you were receiving personal revelation there that was personal to you and what was being revealed was and then you can let yourself fill in the blanks mm-hmm. yeah no for sure i think i think it's super good and i think i think i mean kind of like what you said you didn't say directly but there's a huge process of reflection yeah of like self-reflection um yep. of looking back and saying what happened like what did i feel what do i think that meant because so many times you, it, it, it's so it's so hard to breeze over those things, those small impressions. Yeah. That, at least in my experience at first, it took me to consciously reflect upon those things, and really think about those and study those out in my mind to see what those really were. Kind of in hindsight. So. Right. 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 I, uh, I I had another quote. This comes from um, Julie B. Beck, and I wanted to close with this, but I. I want to actually feel to share it now. Um, it says the ability to qualify for, receive, and act on personal revelation is the single most important skill that can be acquired in this life. Very similar to President Nelson's quote, just kind of said it differently. But there's two church leaders talking about how crucial that is. But what I love about hers is that she referred to it as a skill. Mm-hmm. It's something that. It can be learned. Yeah, I I I would hesitate to use the word talent because yeah. a lot of times talent can be like like kind of confused with like natural ability, mm-hmm. whereas personal revelation is it is a skill that is developed that you have to work on that you have to act on like Joseph Smith did. Um, it's not reserved more for one right, person. Right. Absolutely. And so th- this takes time. Right. It takes it takes small promptings. It takes the small revelations to lead to maybe a bigger one that you're searching for. And that, 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 that's one thing that has been on my mind lately is, you know, let's say there's someone who understands that God loves them, that understand that God loves all his children equally, that, you know, believe, believes all those, you know, maybe more, more basic things, but maybe has reservations or doubts that God would speak to them, that God would take time mm-hmm. to speak to them. If God truly is loving, then would he really want to withhold communication with his child? You know? Absolutely not. And, and same thing for someone trying to seek out revelation or an answer to a hard question for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they're not getting an answer. God's, I mean, if we ask God a question, he's not going to be like, sorry, lips are sealed, right? Like yeah. he, He's going to give us an answer. It may not be the answer we expect or in the way we expect, but he's going to give us something to work with. Yeah, but he also wants us to. He, he kind of wants us to meet him halfway. He wants us to do our our due diligence, our due diligence, obviously. Yeah. But he's not going to absolutely withhold and mute himself from us. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, again, going back to the skill, going back to the working for it, um, I think about the best teachers that I had growing up. No matter the subject or the best coaches, sometimes. Well, I mean, as you're a kid, when you're a kid, you have a lot of questions. You ask a question, whether it be a math question, whether it be about a sport, whether it be about whatever, the best teachers were not the ones that told me the answer. 
The best teachers were the ones that showed me how to do it, how to get to the answer. And I definitely think, oh, I, I know for a fact that God works the same way mm-hmm. in, in a lot of certain situations. Sometimes, yes, he does give us the answer right off. But in a lot of ways, he just maybe directs us. And there's the personal revelation. We find that answer for ourselves, and then we can take it to God and find out if that's right, which that's a, I mean, that's a whole nother topic too. But, um, I mean, we have to work for it and, and God wants us to come to those answers and be not necessarily self-reliant as in self only on us, mm-hmm. but able to work for ourselves and not just simply, like I said, be sedentary and wait for God to give us a revelation, to give us an answer. He wants us to have that relationship with him Yeah, is a huge part of it, but also he also does want us to have, you know, like you said, the aspect of self-reliance or independence Yeah, where... You know, I mean, in the scriptures it says men, what is what's the quote from Doctrine and Covenants? It is given to men that they know good from evil. I'm totally blanking on the quote. I know uh-huh. I know it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, we mortal human beings know right from wrong. And we know things that are good and things that are bad. Um, but... He still wants us to seek out those things and, and, and those answers, um, but he does want us to have that self-reliance or independence to, you know, he, he's, he's not going to, if we if we ask him every single little question about every single thing, like part of our lives, he, he kind of wants to see, he, he wants us moving. He wants to see where we're going to go yeah. and what we're going to put our faith in. Yeah. Right. Of it's course. Like, like, like me moving to Logan, right? I could have prayed about what, like what classes to take, if I should take school this semester, if I should do a different school online, which apartment complex to, you know, apply for leases. I could have prayed about so many different things, uh-huh. right? And and some people could, you know, would say, oh, like he's just really in tune with the spirit. Yeah. But in reality, and I think I ran into this at the beginning, like right when I came home from my mission, I think this is one of the hardships I had was thinking that that was the way it was supposed to be. Like I, I had to, cause that's so much what the mission is. is you pray all the time. You pray all the time. You pray about which street to knock on. Yeah. Which is a pretty seemingly thing, seemingly small thing. Yeah. Right. And there's some things in life, I think in regular life outside of missionary work that smaller things I was treating like which street to pray on. I was praying about those and trying to seek an answer, mm-hmm. but it came to a point where, at least in my experience, God was like, no, I want to see which street you choose and what kind of choices lead to that choice specifically, yeah. where you put your faith. Yeah. I think for, for me, after I, I've been home for my mission a little over a year, a year now, and I think the majority of the answers I have received as far as when I've had questions about things like, should I take this class? Should I do this or that, whatever it may be, the answer was was honestly kind of like, you decide. Mm-hmm. I trust you. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily this way is right, this way is wrong, or yes, take this class. No, don't do this. It was you decide. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can be frustrating to accept at times, but it also shows a relationship with a God who knows you and who trusts you to make that decision. I, I still remember, I don't remember the exact details behind it, um, but when you started thinking about moving to Logan, it was it was small. Mm-hmm. Like it literally was just a thought that came into your head and then it stuck there. And and I remember you said, so it might be worth thinking a little bit more about because it's still there. Mm-hmm. Well, what's crazy is in high school, 
I, me, all me and my friends were like, yeah, USC is the spot. Like, uh-huh. that's where we're going. And then I came home and all my friends were, well, not all my friends. Some weren't going to college. Some were at UVU. And I was kind of to the point where it's like, I just got home. Like, I don't really want to go immediately to USU up in Logan. I think it'd be nice to stay here for a little bit yeah. and be around my family, which um, is honestly like a testimony builder for a scripture in Doctrine and Covenant section nine. Um, it's the revelation given to Oliver Cowdery through Joseph Smith. And it says, I'll just read both scriptures, but behold, I say unto you that you must study it out in your mind that you must ask me if it be right. So, right. I like, like those, the two things there that, that we've been talking about. There's our part where it's, we studied out in our mind. Okay. What do we think the best decision is? Right. We're not going to ask them which street to knock necessarily, but you know, Hey, I think this street, I've thought about it. I think we should go to this street, but then we present our decision to him Mm -hmm. and we kind of expect a yes or no validation maybe. Um, and if it is right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you. Therefore you shall feel that it is right. But if it be not right, you shall have no such feelings, but you shall have a stupor of thought that shall cause you to forget the thing which is wrong. All my buddies forgot that you, you USU, like I remember telling my buddies, like, yeah, I just got accepted to USU. I actually have applied. I've applied to like uh-huh. a couple of leases at some apartment complexes. And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that we were planning on going to USU. Uh-huh. Right. They had for, they had a stupor of thought. <laughs> that is not the move for them. All right. Yeah. But for me. I had, you know, maybe a seed that was planted in my mind years ago that was brought back to my remembrance. Yeah. So that that's kind of and 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 that's one thing that I think is really important in life decisions. You don't need God to hold your hand and take you, you know, okay, you need to apply for this apartment complex and go to this place. Yeah. But I think one thing that is okay to seek for is validation. Say, this is my choice. It's a pretty big choice. I want to have some sort of confirmation that I can hang on to where I can have a feeling that this is right. I won't know perfectly that Mm -hmm. Logan's the right spot, but I can have, I can, I can feel okay about it, you know? So I think, I think that's one thing for me, at least in bigger life decisions that I seek for and kind of work really hard for sometimes is, is that, is that validation. And I'll, I'll ask you a, a yes or no question. Okay. Taylor, do you know why you need to be in Logan right now? Absolutely not. It seems pretty cool, but no idea. <laughs> that's, that, that's the beautiful and yet frustrating thing about it. Yep. Is you don't know why you are receiving that revelation to nope. be there. You don't know why you're pushed that way, why that seed was planted. You don't know. You're following in faith. Mm-hmm. And trusting that more revelation will come, that there is something there for you. Is it a girl? We don't know. Is it a is it a a, a degree? A degree from USU specifically? Not sure yet. A job opportunity? Right? We don't know. Yeah, we're we're following, and it's not it's not necessarily that we're following blindly. Mm-hmm. We're following with trust because mm-hmm. we know the Lord is leading us to the best place for us. Mm-hmm. We're trusting in that. And he, let, let, let's say it was a choice between Logan and St. George, right? Uh-huh. And let's say the impression I received was, I don't know, you choose. God's like, you, you'd be fine in either place, uh-huh. right? I think either place we go, God's not playing chess with us. He's not, we're not puppets, right? He's not holding our hand. But I think, again, if we have the right idea, and th- th- this is this is the 
the comforting part for me, right? As imperfect beings, is it possible to receive revelation? Maybe not exactly according to what the way God says, probably, right? But if it's out of good faith and good intentions, let's say I moved to St. George, but the divine plan was to be in Logan, but I felt like that that was the right answer that God had told me was to be in St. George. Because of the atonement, God will make sure that I have experiences I need in St. George. The plan isn't ruined. Exactly. It's not foiled. Yeah. Right. God's perfect. It's an, it's a perfect plan that, that, you know, there are some minor things that we can cause to be imperfect. Uh But the crazy part is that's kind of planned out to be that way. Right. And I mean, I've, I've had similar experiences. I, um, kind of towards the end of my mission, it was, it was coming down to a decision of where I was going to go to college as well. And that's, I mean, for, for kids, our age, that's a big decision. That is a big, it it seems that's, that's probably for the majority of children inside or outside the church. That's like the biggest decision of your life up to that point, Mm -hmm. up to that point. Right. Obviously later there's, there's bigger decisions, Mm -hmm. but, um, and I, I had narrowed it down to two places that was snow college in Ephraim, Utah. I forgot about that. And, and Utah state university. I remember you telling me that pros and cons to both Mm -hmm. and the biggest pro and I'll share this. I think I've shared this with you, but the biggest pro to Snow College was I would have likely had the opportunity to go there and play basketball, which had always been a lifelong dream of mine to go play college basketball. And that was really kind of what I was, I would say I was like 70, 30, 70% towards Snow College, 30% mm-hmm. towards Utah State. And I had no idea still. I was leaning towards that and that's what I prayed about, but I never got a no, but I didn't get a yes. And then I, it it was like, it was like decision week. Like I had to make a choice and I I got special permission from present Tibetan to message my parents, um, after nine. So after we were done with our missionary work, um, to just kind of discuss it a little bit more. And my mom sent me this text and it was, it was, it was kind of a joke, but she was like, well, I know that me and Riley, my sister, my younger sister would be so happy if you stayed at Utah State with a couple laughing emojis. And it, it was more just to show, like, her love for me. Like, oh, like, if you went to snow, like, it's fine, but I'd miss you. Well, it also shows, like, you're literally out on a mission. Yeah. The, you know, your mom absolutely wants you out. But one of the only things she wants in the whole world is for you to be home. Yeah. And you, you're, you're texting, you're asking, hey, should I move out? Like, the moment <laughs> I get home and go to snow college. Right, right. And but But when I got that text message, like... That just, it just felt right. Like being at home near my family. It wasn't necessarily I needed to live at home with my family because Riley needs me for this or my mom needs me for that. It just, it felt right. So I went and prayed about it and and it wasn't a miraculous revelation. Miraculous, yes, you got it. And it just felt good. It felt right. And so I stuck with that. Now I can 100% say after a year, going up on a year and a half of attending Utah State, I still don't know why. I, I couldn't tell you why. If, if you asked me for a few reasons, sure, I could share a few things that maybe I thought were good, but I have no doubt if I had gone to snow, there would have been a couple other things. Have how Has your experience, two questions, has your experience been good or bad at, it's, at USU? It's been great. Being around your family and all that? Yeah. Do you feel like God has been a part of that experience, of, oh. of making it so good? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like if you went to snow, you would have had a good experience maybe? Yeah. 
There could have been some bad things, I'm sure. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's it, we're we're in our twenties, like things mm-hmm. go bad. Yeah, terrible roommates, whatever, <laughs> you know. Right. But no, no, I think I think. Well, and I think I think the thing that the main thing people should stay away from is looking back. Yeah. And the grass is always greener. The grass is always greener, right? Like I can always be dreaming about moving to Florida for college <laughs> and going to the or Hawaii, right? right? Going to beach going to the beach every day. Mm-hmm. But it's more where like where do I need to be to have the experiences that I need for me, right? right? And that's that right there illustrates the beauty of God's plan because no matter where we go, like you said, he can facilitate those experiences no matter where we go. Mm-hmm. And so we get so caught up in, oh, what if that wasn't the right place to be? What if this wasn't the right person to be friends with? You know what? Like sometimes we do make the wrong choice or maybe maybe it wasn't the most correct choice in that decision. But like you said, the atonement, it doesn't just help us repent from sin. It helps magnify whatever experience, whatever situation we put ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And now that you brought that up, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up, but I think I will. Um, there, and maybe this is a closing thought. The, uh, so this year, I, th- I think one of the biggest questions I had, and I think I told it to you in Buena Vista mm-hmm. was I felt like I had a great relationship with the book of Mormon and with personal revelation yeah. and all these things because I had tangible experiences with them. Yeah. Right. I know, like, you're, I know where you're going with this. Felt the spirit with it. I love it. Is it my question? Yeah. But I felt like the, the main thing and, and the most important thing that I wanted out of the gospel or that anyone should have is a relationship or understanding of Jesus Christ and the atonement mm-hmm. and true faith. And that's the first yeah. step of the gospel. Yeah. And, and it, what was that? That was, how long ago were we in Buena Vista? Um, it's 2022. We were there 20. We were there in 2020. So two like, years. Like mid 2020. Two years ago. This yeah. is not just something that happened recently. Recently. Um, but this had been happening like our whole mission because this is a, another thing that we bonded on was yeah. kind of this similar idea where we've had tangible experiences mm-hmm. reading the Book of Mormon, tangible experiences being led through our missionary work mm-hmm. that we can really grasp onto. But that was what we were searching for was the better understanding of Christ. And there was. There was a time, I th- it was probably, I want to say around October to December last year, where in church, I felt like a few weeks in a row, there was just, people would say, yeah, like, to draw upon the powers of heaven, to access the powers of the atonement, to apply the atonement in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, the atonement was an event, right? Like, right. this is what I'm thinking. The atonement was an event. How do I apply that to my life? I understand, I totally, you know, totally understood it's a huge part of the gospel, Right. Totally understand the significance of it. You know, we can be clean through Christ and he you know, forgives us of our sins. But it's sins. the humanistic mind that kind of gets you, in the way. How do you it gets in the way. apply that? Like, how do I live that? Right. right. So that I had a really hard time with that, trying to apply that into my life. Um, and it wasn't until this year. I forget what I read. I have it written down somewhere. But I realized that personal revelation teaches us how we need to repent Mm -hmm. and how we need to use the atonement and what Christ has given us. And so in that moment, for now, my answer was, and this is huge to me because I had no idea how to, you know, quote unquote, access the powers of the atonement. But it was, if you follow the promptings that God is giving you, 
then that's going to show you how you need to repent and change right. and apply the atonement into your life. Yeah. It blew my mind. Yeah. But it was so simple. Uh-huh. I reminds me, I, I had three quotes or, or three things that I had, I had found in kind of preparation for this and we've used all of them. And this, this is perfect. Um, this is from elder Robert D Hales, um, a deceased member of the quorum of the 12 apostles. He says, personal revelation is the way we know for ourselves the most important truths of our existence. That's, I mean, what, what you just had, it wasn't just a realization. That was a revelation, a personal revelation. It wasn't a revelation to the world. It wasn't some miraculous thing that nobody knew before. Because it's pretty seemingly simple. Right. It was personal. Exactly. You but it was, personally, for me, it was mind blowing. It, it clicked, yeah, right? That, yeah. That's that's a great way that I love to think about personal revelation. Sometimes things just click. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that was that was one, I think, a huge moment for me in realizing that and, and how important personal revelation is with the atonement. Right. So with that being said, don't. And I think this is the this is this is the advice I'd give to someone who's maybe trying to have an experience with revelation uh-huh. for, for the first time is don't wait on a prompting to communicate with God, whether it's like, Hey, read a verse out of the book of Mormon or whether it's like, Hey, pray. Uh-huh. And you're in the car driving, just turn the music off and pray, you know, or yeah. like walking yeah. to class. It's not hard to, just, you know, you don't need yeah. to kneel down and fold your arms every time. Uh-huh. So I would say that's my advice. And I think, if you can learn how to do that, whenever you receive that impression, you'll one you'll not, you'll notice it happening more mm-hmm. that you'll you'll receive more impressions to pray, but you'll also have like on that step alone like a way almost instant connection with God. Yeah, and it'll just keep getting better, which is what we're searching for, right? Exactly. And I I mean, this topic is that so great, life, but that's that's, <laughs> that's that's a little more us specific, but um. I, I mean, just, just thinking about that and looking at that, like it is so amazing because if we had done this podcast two years ago, we would not have what we have right now. Right. We'd have thoughts. Yeah. But I mean, we will continue to learn for the rest of our lives about personal revelation and how it works. If we were to make an, if we were to make another podcast about personal revelation, it would be different five years from now. It would be different one year from now. It'd be different one week from now mm-hmm. because how we receive personal revelation, how the Lord speaks to us is constantly evolving. Just like in any in any relationship with anyone, that relationship evolves and it changes. Yep. Yeah, your relationship with anything. Right? Nobody, nobody, no matter if they're the prophet or a deacon, will know everything there is to know about personal revelation. Yep. Yeah, and and I I would hope President Nelson would back me up on that. So if, I, I if, hope if so. he if he ever listens to this, I and I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And it's wrong. <laughs> please feel free to fact check. <laughs> no, but I think that's the main thing for the podcast, at least for me. And uh-huh. I'm pretty sure you're on the same page. Is like, I think it holds us accountable and giving us opportunities to have these conversations. First off, mm-hmm. to express our testimonies and share those. Yeah. Which honestly, like, is just for us. Like, I I just appreciate having more of those opportunities. I agree. But then we're like, oh, like we have some pretty good talks. Maybe yeah. some people would like hearing about them. Yeah. And we can journal it for ourselves and like, yeah. look back yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah. And, and really that, that's the thing too. Like we're not doing this because we feel like we know everything about this or, or we feel like we can change people's lives or, or you know, 
add something miraculous to them. It's We're not. doing it because this is, this is, <laughs> no, I mean, it might be for you, but I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Um, but I mean, it's, it's an opportunity for us to share things we've learned because we have learned so much, one, sharing with each other uh-huh. and two, hearing from others. Yeah. And so one, this gives us a chance to, like you said, share our testimony in, in a way that we feel good at or a way that we feel comfortable doing. Yeah. Um, and it also just, just gives the opportunity to, to, you know, share our testimony. Yeah. Which tomorrow's fast and test testimony meeting. Mm-hmm. No one's probably listening to this before they go to church. True. At least not very many people, but just so you know, maybe for next time, if you feel the prompting to go up and speak in fast and testimony meeting, I guarantee, Send it. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you if, if, if the thought comes across your mind, no, no one needs to hear what I have to say. Okay. Well, you probably do. That's so true. You, and it's probably just for you. Just assume that. that. That's what I assume. Just It's probably just for you. Go up and spend two or three minutes sharing your two pieces. Mm-hmm. In four or five days, no one's going to remember anything you said, but they might remember something that they heard yeah. in sacrament. Just just like we talked about with communication between each other, how we how we learn things that yep. we didn't know before yep. until we say them out loud. Yep. I think it's the same thing with bearing your testimony. You'll, you'll share things like, wow, I did not know I felt that way. I did not know I knew that until you get up and share them yep. and let the spirit work upon you. Yep. Okay. That's a wrap.